Renee Vitelli, this is my time of the year. Oh no, you're one of those. What did you call? What did you call them before we came on the, the uh, Burr months? I love the Burr months. September, October, November. I love this time of year. You hate a what a wacky team. Oh. <laughs> The morning zoo. Look, I spend my whole year waiting for the burn months. I am a basic bee at heart. You're a PSL loving, aren't you? You know, I don't like the, the pumpkin spice latte itself, but I do like the culture. Oh, you like the pumpkin spice latte candles? We, yes. I, I like I, 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 I like being basic. I like a cider mill. Are uh, you wearing your Uggs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. Um, let's see. Uh, I bought this shirt off Sheen or Cheyenne. <laughs> Sheen, are you wearing, uh, you haven't busted out the scarf yet. That's good. It's a little warm for that. Yeah, not not yet. But uh, also football's back. I don't, I don't know if you're a big football fan. Uh, my husband is. Yeah. He's is... gearing up. He's got his fantasy football league stuff coming up. So you're a football widow. I am. Yeah. That is for sure. He's He's already starting up, getting his playbook going and all that fun stuff. Well, um, maybe bad news for him, but good news for you. Obviously, um, uh, football season in Michigan is in full swing starting today. You Mm -hmm. got uh, Friday Night Lights up in East Lansing, MSU versus Central. That's going to be on Fox Sports 1. It's also going to be here on WJR. But uh, Michigan and uh, next week, the Detroit Lions, those are going to be held hostage on streaming services. You can only watch the Michigan game tomorrow on Peacock. Yeah. Um, the Lions is, are going to be on Amazon. And uh, I get it. I mean, it's the wave of the future. It's the way things are going. But it's it, 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 it it's kind of lame, too, because, like, once upon a time, cord cutting was worth the money. Right. R- right. Like, back when it was Netflix and Hulu. Now everybody has a streaming service. And they, they, they all kind of keep their content held hostage. And now... It's just as much to get all the streaming services as it was just buying cable. Yep. I, the, the Lions on Amazon is not a big deal to me because I think a lot of us have Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's pretty mainstream. Right. E- even if you don't watch, even if you don't watch the program, you got it for the free shipping. Exactly. Exactly. But Peacock, I, I don't think is one of the big heavy hitters as much. Right. And the thing, right. Not everyone has Peacock. And I don't know, is University of Michigan against East Carolina, is that really going to get people to sign up? I mean, maybe if people are, like, desperate because, you know, football's back and I got to watch football. But I think there's going to be a lot of passwords sharing this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the cost for Peacock's $5.99 a month or $59.99 a year. They do have a student discount for $1.99 a month for 12 months. You know what? I carried my Oakland University student ID around with me until my 30s to get those student discounts. Good for you. After a while, after a <laughs> while, when my pictures started looking sepia tone, uh, then people, then people started getting uh, it's a onto filter. Me. Right? Yeah. Hey, I, I took this on Snapchat. I'm young and hip. It's right. All right. Uh, so Donald Trump yesterday he pled not guilty uh, to trying to overturn the election in Georgia. Uh, remotely, he waived next week's uh, arraignment hearing, and and Renee, this this seems like um, this seems like quite a departure from from the four times that he's turned himself in. He, you know, it was we, we earlier this week we were talking about the mugshot and how he fundraised a lot off of that, and and how every court proceeding seems to be this big public grandiose thing, and this was just kind of like very. Um, 
very procedural, very quiet. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like he kind of passed up another opportunity to, to sort of make some public hay here. Uh, is there an opportunity to make money if he would have showed up? I mean, I guess there always is. I mean, you can always say, oh, look, they're attacking me here. Uh, you know, go to DonaldTrump.com and donate more and, and stick it to the libs. I mean, I guess I, I guess with him, um, there always is an opportunity to make money. Yeah. But or it, was this more of a hassle than anything? It probably was more of a hassle. And obviously it would not have been as lucrative as right. um, him turning himself into the jailhouse. But uh, it, it's very much a formality at this point. I think... Uh, I think it's his first arraignment, so if that's the case, we can just kind of keep this story out on the side and just cross out Georgia and put New York or... Yes, or, or, there's or, plenty of other opportunities. Right, so... <laughs> but I just thought... I, it, it, it kind of threw me off, but that's what Donald Trump does. What do you think you've got, got him figured out? Um, oh, just wait and see. What's next? Right, exactly. I'm scared to know what's next. Right. Um, and speaking of unpredictability... This uh, contract negotiation between the UAW and the big three. I mean, it was contentious to begin with. Yep. But yesterday they they kicked it up a notch. Uh, UAW President Sean Fain, he took to Facebook Live last night to announce that the UAW, they filed unfair labor practices against GM and Stellantis, Mm -hmm. accusing them of an illegal refusal to bargain in good faith. Um, He also tossed his second contract proposal. If you remember uh, earlier this month, he threw away uh, the Stellantis contract proposal. So I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, when we get things like this from the company and they want to sit there and talk about they're not asking for concessions or looking for concessions, everything they're looking for in this document is about concessions. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do with with their proposal. I'm going to file it in its proper place because that's where it belongs, the trash, because that's what it is. All right, Renee, so that was the Stellantis offer being thrown away in the garbage. Uh, that was early August. This is him yesterday tossing Ford's contract proposal. And uh, we'll play a uh, who wore it better uh, contract uh, garbage uh, edition. UAW family, I know this update's infuriating. And believe me when I say I'm fed up. And one thing I want to tell you is this trash can is overflowing with the bull. That oh. the big three continue to pedal. <laughs> that was such a genuine reaction. That's the first time you saw it. You know what I want? I want to put him and Dan Campbell in a room together right. in a heated discussion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Could you imagine these two going back and forth about a topic That'd of be any, like, any sorts? That would be like the number one podcast in Detroit. <laughs> yes, a podcast yeah. with these two. So it looks Wowzers. Like- it looks like uh, to you, 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 you uh, found the uh, the the Ford contract uh, 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 garbage toss a, a little more impactful than yeah. the Stellantis one. Yeah. Well, he had to kick it up a notch, you know, because the first one had the shock value, but this one had the bad word in it. Yes. Yeah. The Ford. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and and what what's what's scary or interesting about this is two weeks from now they strike. I know. So we have two weeks to figure this out. And so what Sean Fain was was upset about is the UAW is asking Ford for a 40% increase in hourly wages and a return of cost of living adjustment. Uh, Fain says Ford countered with a 9% raise and no cost of living adjustment. He also said that um, it does not include an end to the tiered wage system, doesn't include an increase 
of retiree pay, doesn't uh, protect hourly workers, among other sticking points. But you're right. I mean, we're two weeks away from mm-hmm. a strike. And uh, I got to say, I, 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 there's a part of me that enjoys the showmanship of all of this. But at the end of the day, this is a very serious situation for so many people in our city. Yeah, and I'm really fascinated to see how this end be- ends because, you know, is Sean Fain a master hard-nosed negotiator? Or is he backing himself and the union into a corner? I guess, right. I, I guess we'll, we'll find out. Um, are you uh, are you still paying student loans? Fortunately, I am not. Well, can, can you spot me? Because I, <laughs> I got you, boo. Here's five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that'll cover. Uh, I, that'll cover uh, a scantron at the bookstore. Right. Um, the uh, the payments uh, of student loans will begin to accumulate interest again today. Payments resuming next month. Forty five point three million borrowers, borrowers, including myself. After the Supreme Court struck down President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan over the summer. And uh, here's the thing. You know, I've been browbeaten, you know, a, a number of times. I, you know, I took the loans out. I'll pay them back. I'll pay them back. But do not be surprised if this uh, $300 billion, um, you know, that, that, you know, the student loan freeze cost the government just disappears from the economy because we were, instead of spending it places, we're, paying it back to the government right and i have a feeling that this holiday season is going to be down a little bit because be a little slim right because uh again we're we're paying back the government and yep. we're not buying you know all i want for christmas is just no one to expect christmas presents from me and then you don't have to buy me anything either let's just love that's right love is free make me a fruit cake i've never had one no nuts mm. no not a fan no, not so much you know what then surprise me it's first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on WJR. All right. So, um, Renee, you found something, um, you know, the, the writer strike, the actor strike. It's uh, leading to a very uncertain future for the uh, movie theaters, which is a shame because, you know, with this Barbenheimer thing um, that, you know, they recently had like one of their biggest weekends ever. Uh-huh. And, you know, eventually if this if this 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 writers and actors strike isn't resolved, you know, those movies are going to kind of dry up. But there's something coming to the movie theaters um, in the near future that will keep the gravy train rolling at least uh, at least temporarily. Yes, Taylor Swift will save the day. The Eras Tour concert film is coming to AMC Theaters October 13th through November 5th. Every location will run at least four showtimes per day on Thursdays through Sundays. Tickets are on sale now at amctheaters.com and fandango.com. Adult tickets will be priced at $19.89 plus tax. Children's and senior tickets, excuse me, will be priced at $13.13 plus tax. AMC's branded premium large format screens will cost more. So 1989, that sounds like a Taylor Swift uh, Easter egg, doesn't it? Yeah, you've picked up on it, as is 1313, because 13 is her lucky number. Wow. are See you what she did there? Wow. And here's the thing. We're not even Swifties, and we know this uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. See how smart she is? Um, do you ever watch DuckTales, where, where Uncle Scrooge just has that big <laughs> vault of gold that and he just swims? swimming in it. Do you think Taylor Swift has something like that? Or not? I mean, A swimming pool full of money? I'm sure she has multiple. Because the Eras Tour itself has made her a millionaire. 
umph. And, and one tour. Right. And, and and this I mean, this is just keeping that that gravy train rolling. I mean, um, you know, I looked into it and and you know, people are like, why does everyone talk about Taylor Swift? She's not just like a pop star. She's like she's like an economic engine at this point. Well, there are classes, college courses, Taylor Swift college courses that can be taken. The Federal Reserve has even mentioned her as being like an economic stimulus. She may have saved us from a recession. Yes. Or she may have put us in a recession by charging <laughs> so much for ticket prices. Say what you want about her, but you know, the ripple effect that she has on when she goes into a city, it's just mind boggling. You're right, because I all the stories she generated like five billion dollars for the local economies of all her tour stops. That's like thirty five million dollars per per city. It's the same effect as when a Super Bowl rolls into town. Right, because people, you know, for most for, for most concerts, people just kind of go into the city. They go to the concert and they come home mm-hmm. here. They make like a, a weekend out of it. They go into the city, you know, they get a hotel room. Right. They get dinner before they get breakfast the next day. They get, uh, uh, you know, they go out afterwards. So like she's like a, she's like a quadruple force multiplier. Here. Sure. They check out the sights and sounds, the tourism. You know, I mean, I, I have friends that are empty nesters. They're in their 40s and they have gone to the Detroit show. They went to Cleveland. They're going to the Toronto show. They've waitlisted themselves for New Orleans. They're following her like fish, like the hippies like, following yes. fish in the 90s. It, exactly. I, and here's the thing. I mean, I might actually go to this. However, I feel like I don't have enough Swifty cred. Like, I feel like in a big, giant, like, arena, um, you can kind of blend in. But I don't know. Like, I can just see myself just knowing all the hits. And you got all these Swifties, like, poser. But I don't think so. That's the thing with her fans. They're so loving and accepting that you don't have to be hardcore. Yeah. They love everyone. Now, here's the thing. If they start dynamic pricing these t- these these movie tickets, <laughs> I'm done. Is that a thing? I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I didn't know dynamic pricing was a thing for concerts until uh, until this summer. I tried to get Blink-182 tickets. Now I sound like oh man. I used to say Blink One Eighty Two for thirty five dollars. <laughs> I had to pay ninety nine for nosebleeds this time. And the shirts were twenty bucks. You know, it's funny you say that. That's the first thing I said. Well, shirts are are forty dollars. Look, I used to buy t shirts for and that for twenty dollars. And then I realized I've been going to concerts for twenty years, and, and and now you know I'm 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 on the border of like dad rock territory. <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two to to like. Teenagers is probably like what the Eagles were to me. It's as classic like, rock. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm grappling with a lot. Now get off my lawn. Yeah, right. <laughs> or cut it right. for free. Darn kids. Um, um, something is being sold over the counter now, which uh, could actually save a lot of lives. Yeah, several major pharmacy store chains uh, plan to make the opioid overdose reversal drug Narcan available nationwide without a prescription starting in early September. Now, Narcan is going to sell at Walgreens for $44.99. It will be available at select stores and online as soon as September 5th with nationwide availability on September 7th. CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, and Kroger will also begin selling Narcan over-the-counter at the same price in early September, both online and in stores. Which is a great idea, and I, I don't know if Narcan used to 
you used to have to have a prescription or is for medical personnel only? I, I'm not sure. I feel like it was medical personnel only because yeah. I don't know how you get a prescription for that. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully um, there's clear instructions on how to use this uh, because the only drawback I can see is that uh, fentanyl is so potent yeah. that it it can put um, the people responding to someone having an overdose at risk. Like, like if there's enough fentanyl in that person's system and, and you touch someone and there's either fentanyl on their skin or it's like coming through their pores, you could you could technically overdose on. on Is that right? Yeah. So um, it's fortunately, I'm not very familiar um, yeah, with that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, too many people are. Yeah. You know, speaking of getting older, um, mm-hmm. My uh, 20-year high school reunion is coming up. It is? This summer. Yep. How exciting. I graduated 2003. Uh, have you gone to any of your uh, reunions? I did. I did go to my 20-year. How was that? You know, not as exciting as I was thinking it would be, and I think it's because of social media. See, that's the thing. I feel like... I feel like I'm still in touch with everyone from high school because of Facebook. Yeah, I think that kind of ruined the uh, experience of going to class reunions. You know, you you kind of have an idea of what's going on. So it's a lot of small talk. Um, were you mobbed as a local radio celebrity? Because that's what that's my main worry. That that did happen a little bit, it, actually. Yeah. But you know what else? Uh, I, I go to I went to school with someone that is a monster truck driver. Oh, good. So, so they took they it took, took a little bit off. of. They me. upstaged you. <laughs> he did. Did he no, drive? Fine. Did he drive his monster truck to the reunion? He did not. We did not have a Romeo and Michelle moment where he <laughs> showed up in a helicopter, but a monster truck. No, that didn't happen. But maybe I'll show up in the station vehicle. There you go. That'd be really sad. With Guy actually. Gordon on the <laughs> side. <laughs> Guy will be my date. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I I'm conflicted because um because tickets are like forty dollars. Okay. And you have to RSVP ten days in advance, which, you know, I I don't like committing socially ten days in advance. I don't know why. I, I get it. But it if, seems like a good idea, and then it's coming up, and you're like, oh, man. If it were something at a bar. Where that, it, the, is it at Hall? No, it's at a, it's at a bar in Shelby Township. I, I graduated from Chippewa Valley in Clinton Township. If it were, like, just something you can kind of show up to if you felt like it, yeah, I might do a pop-in. I don't know if I want to spend $40, though. Ah, just go. Yeah. Duck maybe. in, duck out. You're on my side of town. You don't like it. Come on over. We'll have a bonfire. Okay, deal. That's my backup plan. <laughs> um. But uh, I mean, my ten year reunion, I, I I'm like I would be like no way. But you know, I'm twenty. We're kind of who we are, who who we are when we're growing up. I think it might be fun, but I don't know. Ten year, uh, not enough has changed. A lot of people are still living at home. Yeah, you're just out of 20 college. Twenty enough has changed. It, it, it's more interesting than the ten year. And also, I got these student loan payments. I'm going to pay off, be paying till I die. So forty dollars is a little tough to swing. <laughs> First thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on WJR. With Renee Vitale, and of course, as always, at this time of the show, Lloyd Jackson and Guy Gordon join us to get us ready for JR Morning. Thanks to the cat that drug us in. We need that little help this morning. I was going to say, you feel a little rough? Man, <laughs> it's just it's a little chilly out there this morning. Yeah, well, don't worry. It's going to become, it's, it's going to get back up to 90. Yeah, oh boy. but we September can... is looking pretty good. It Hello, is. Hello, September. Unbelievable. Well, well and here's... You remember? 
Oh, that's that was playing in the lobby at the Fisher when I came in this morning. Just get totally alone there, nobody around. I was tempted to dance. Well, you know what? It's funny too because pretty soon those Green Day memes are going to start rolling in. Can somebody wake somebody wake the Green Day guy up? September's going to. Well, I guess that's at the end of the month. But uh, no, I'm not. We were talking about earlier. I'm a fall basic bee, so I am not happy that it's going to be 90 degrees later on this week. Yeah, I'm I'm not real big on the real hot. I don't really mind it being hot. It's just the humidity that, that yeah, it I get, don't like. The, it gives me the vapors. The heat index. Yeah. Uh, oh, my. Are you some kind of southern belle? Right. I, need a little, <laughs> right I, don't, I don't have a decorative fan, so I'm just using my nil, my manila folder. I got the big old baloney. I got the big old baloney things underneath my underneath my arms. Uh, oh my goodness! You know, Renee's got a study that that finally is is worth looking into. Yep, no excuses, guys. A study found the beer goggles might just be a myth, but calling alcohol liquid courage is accurate. We don't actually find people in social settings more attractive <laughs> when we're drunk. But we are more likely to walk up and talk to someone we do find attractive. Well, because beer makes me feel like I'm more attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. It may be liquid courage. It is liquid courage. But if you're married and you go up to somebody that you're attracted to, it's liquid stupid. (laughs) There you go, guys. You figured it out. Mm -hmm. And I guess what they did is uh, they only surveyed men, but they 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 did. They did. Thanks a lot, lot, right? Because apparently women are immune. No, they're smarter. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I won't. And I guess what they did is they showed men a bunch of pictures of 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 the same women um, when they were sober, and then when they were drunk, and they had to rate their attractiveness. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully, are you, I'm I'm, lo- I'm waiting on the pictures, Renee. Uh, Lloyd and I are here, ready to take the test. You guys weren't uh, you guys weren't uh, contacted for the study. No, no. no. Didn't say anything to no, me about mercifully. This study. So, so is there any is there any doubt that this this UAW Big Three uh, contract negotiation is is heading for a long strike, especially after yesterday? Um, UAW filed charges against Delantis and GM, and Sean Fain threw away his second contract offer. He only needs he only needs to th- throw G- GM away for the trifecta. He's got the busiest waste basket in Michigan. Man, it's overflowing. So Ford came out and said, "Hey, this is our this is our proposal," and he wasn't happy with that. Well, first of all, Ford is the only one that he he claims that has actually put forward economic proposals. Yes. Everybody else is talking about non-economic issues, which, by the way, is not. The, it's, it's not abnormal. It's not. It's not no. Um, but, yeah, he, he hit the trash can with it. I don't know that we're going for a long strike, but I think when you talk to folks, they would tell you that Sean Fain is painting himself into a bit of a corner. Well, that's my question. You know, is he is is this all, you know, part of the negotiation? Is this uh, is this gamesmanship or or is he uh, putting himself at a real disadvantage here by um, by not? Not giving an inch at all. And I'm wondering what the members are saying. Are they in the background saying, dude, what are you, what are you doing, right. man? I mean, you or know, are they cheering? We, right. We, you know, can we talk yeah. more about this? Just, you know, I, you know, so that's the question, too. Yeah, well, I, having watched this for a long time, there's no question that the UAW needed a reset. And there was certainly when you look at the level of corruption that they had, that you need a guy oh, in absolutely. there that's going to jerk a knot in their tail. Yep. Having said that, I was reminded as I listened to him last night on his Facebook Live that Ross Perot had a wonderful saying called 
when, when you don't have an argument anymore, gorillas truly will sit in their pen and throw dust in the air. I'm, I'm, I'm noisy. I'm angry. And I'm going to throw a lot of dust in the air. And he goes, he would call this gorilla dust. Huh. <laughs> Do you know that you're just making noise ahead of the real deal? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm beating my chest and I'm doing my thing. Well, and at the, so. at the beginning of the show, Renee and I played a little game called who trashed it better. So, uh, I'll get your thoughts on it. Uh, this was Sean Fain in early August throwing away the Stellantis contract offer. So I'll tell you what, brothers and sisters, when we get things like this from the company and they want to sit there and talk about they're not asking for concessions or looking for concessions, everything they're looking for in this document is about concessions. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do with with their proposal. I'm going to file it in its proper place because that's where it belongs, the trash, because that's what it is. And here he is throwing away Ford's contract offer yesterday on his Facebook Live. UAW family, I know this update's infuriating, and believe me when I say I'm fed up. And one thing I want to tell you is this trash can is overflowing with the bull that the big three continue to peddle. So, Lloyd Jackson, I ask you. Wow. Which, which one was uh, which one was more, more shocking or impactful for you? I, I think uh, the second one. You know, I almost wanted him to say, you know, and that's the bottom line because Sean <laughs> Fane said so. <laughs> Look at here, Phaniacs. You want to come here with your bad contract offers? I got something for you, brother. I'm just wondering, is he, does he take that wastebasket everywhere? Does he show up? Because that's now the that's, ceremonial basket. Yeah. yeah, and that's going to be his thing now. People are going to be looking for him to carry a wastebasket yeah. with him when they see him. Sean, where's your basket? <laughs> I, I do have to say, you know, as a Root for Radio guy, I do like I do like the showmanship of it all. But like you said, is he painting himself into a quarter? But, but that's exactly it. And that's what the big three are now, at least Stellantis and Jim are saying, with the, this uh, unfair labor practices charge. This is nothing but theater. Knock it off. Let's get to brass tacks and talk. Um, and so, and both sides are making that claim that neither is serious about negotiations. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of theater. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree. It, it was the, the BS that, that kind of took us by surprise that I think really drove home the... Yeah. So when you take the theatrics away, this is this is normal. Some of it's normal in terms, of, but the unfair labor practices charge is a little out of the norm. But the idea that they haven't talked hard economics yet is not. Okay. Well, we are going to be uh, covering this from all angles on JR Morning coming up with Renee Vitale, the Michigan Public Service Commission, who approved a gas rate hike for consumers' energy earlier this week. It's now considering fines against electric companies for frequent and long outages. Lloyd Jackson has the story on All Talk with Kevin Dietz and Marie Osborne. Uh, we want to bring in uh, WJR Senior News Analyst Lloyd Jackson. He's looking at the Michigan Public Service Commission uh, and how they're contemplating imposing financial penalties as one way to hold them accountable for these lengthy and frequent power outages. Hey, Lloyd. Hey, good morning, guys. The Michigan Public Service Commission announced a new straw proposal that would that would tie the utility company's profits more directly to their performance. This is in the wake of repeated outages and the length of outages that utility customers have had to deal with. Dan Scripps is chair of the Michigan Public Service Commission and joined Guy Gordon and me on JR Morning. You know, the utilities know their system better than anybody. And by tying sort of how they make money to the improvements, it forces them, you know, not just in the operations center, but now in, in the, the, the financial room as well to say, what do we need to do? What, looking at our whole system, where are the opportunities to move further fastest 
um, around the places that 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 were that were weakest, and that's really trying to isolate those metrics that matter most to customers, and, and really trying to drive Im- improvements in in utility performance. The MPSC says just last year, between both consumers and DTE, more than three hundred thirty thousand customers had four or more sustained outages. Some had as much as seven. Currently, those with over seven outages are eligible for a credit of $35. And if your power is out for a long time, like during these uh, storm events we've had recently, once you hit the eligibility, it's $35 for the first day and then $35 for each additional day. But Scripps telling JR Morning they now want feedback from customers for something new. So one of the things that we offered yesterday's straw proposal is is that the penalties that we're talking about for poor performance, um, particularly for repeated outages, may actually be structured as a as a customer credit. It's one of the things that we're trying to get feedback from people on is is exactly how this should work and, and what the right amounts are. Um, but but trying to get the the folks who make the financial decisions to really buy into the need to improve performance on the system and reduce those outages, reduce the people who are suffering them over and over again and how long it takes to restore. Now, you can give your comments on the preliminary straw poll by going to michigan.gov slash MPSC. And, uh, Marie, your hand is raised. Yes, Lloyd, I'm sorry. I didn't hear your report because over the sound of the generators. So I, I couldn't hear your report. Wow. Uh, 35 bucks, you say, uh, with inflation. Woo! What's that? A, a, a couple pounds of, a uh, couple pounds of, uh, hamburger. It's going uh, to th- <laughs> gonna go up to 38 bucks. When you, when your food, when you, when your refrigerator's off for, uh, two, three days and, no. and the food all spoils, that 35 bucks is no. not going to replace what, no. uh, what you had to throw away. No, 35 bucks doesn't buy you 10 bucks worth of. No. <laughs> <laughs> and not even the drive-through with a couple of kids in the back seat of the car. You know, uh, we have a, a, a section in our neighborhood that's near my house, so I can hear literally hear the generators. These people have had uh, every storm we've had, and I'm not kidding. Every storm we've had, these people have lost power. Yeah. And the last time, I thought to myself, if they don't complain, I will. It is just. Um, outrageous that these repeated outages, my neighborhood used to be like that. And during the pandemic, we had real issues and I had to make a couple of phone calls myself on this matter. But I think people are just fed up when when you're talking about seven uh, power outages in one year. That is ridiculous. Yes. I mean, you're talking about one every six weeks, thereabouts, mm-hmm. eight weeks. And I and I'm telling you, this neighborhood near my house, there that's one of those neighborhoods. You know, as we spoke to Charlie LaDuff this morning and he was talking about the hurricane in Florida that went through, you know, Florida and then the remnants went through the Carolinas and Georgia. Uh, about excuse me, about four hundred thousand customers without power uh during that hurricane. But with our two storms we had back to back, we had like a half a million customers. Five hundred thousand, <laughs> that's right. <I> mean, <laughs> We, no, look, it's we, right. We we know we're at at or near the bottom uh, for the amount of time it takes to to restore power. Uh, we're we're doing a bad job, and they say, "Well, we got to cut the trees down, and we got to do this, and and all of these things." They yeah. say, and and look, I'm glad that the commission has these hearings, and they talk about getting tough on fines or raising penalties or having feedback from the community. But look, we've been around; the three of us have been around a long time, yeah. and not much ever really happens. They, these these energy companies have a lot of power and a lot of pull, and nothing ever seems to happen. In Lansing, is there any sense 
um, from what we saw here that that things are going to change, that the, that the power uh, folks in Lansing are really going to hold the energy companies uh, accountable. accountable. It doesn't seem like it. I mean, like you said, we've been around a long time and we haven't seen it, you know, happen in all the times that we've been around. And, but let me just say, though, too, I, you know, I, I have to um, say um that the workers out there, you know, are, oh. are dealing with this and they're doing oh. the best that they Dang. can. That's and it's a dangerous job. Yes. You know, so I just want to let people know that we're not talking no, about the workers no, who are out there on those no. lines, you know, uh, putting uh, the power back. It's, it's just uh, the, the fact that these companies are not doing everything they should do. And so is it maintenance is what my thing is. Infrastructure, I mean, yeah, infra- all of that. And yeah. the maintenance, I wonder, is that what's, I mean, when, if you don't take care of your car, you know, you're going to have breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. You've got to invest in repairing your car and the upkeep. So is that where our problem is? Well, a, a lot of other states are burying their lines. They're not above ground. That's and, another thing. And yes. when we're oh, developing now, a lot it costs money. money. It costs yeah. money. But that's what, that's what we're doing with new developments right now. We're burying, we're burying them, but we cannot afford or nobody wants to talk about how much it will cost to go back and bury all the lines <laughs> that are not no. buried. So, yeah. that, so look, we're, we have bad weather. Uh, the wind blows. Uh, the tree falls, the power's out, uh, and, and yeah. you know, and, and so <laughs> I, I just—it's it, hard for me to really see uh, a, a big solution. Uh, and, and you up those fines—that's nothing for these companies. These companies have so much money. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. But people can't continue to lose their power and then be. I just the thirty-five dollars just blows me away. Well, you know, people can comment. Like I said, Michigan.gov/mpsc. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they will have no shortage. And Renee Forbes uh, released a list of the most valuable NFL teams, and uh, Dallas Cowboys are number one because, of course, they are. They're the the Yankees of the NFL. But I think Detroit got the shaft. They are second from last with only the Cincinnati Bengals behind them. The Cowboys are worth $9 billion. The uh, Lions are worth $3.6 billion, with the Cincinnati Bengals being worth three point five. How did they determine the value? So it looks like they determined it based on how much um, the teams would go for if they were sold. I know they've got Washington now commanders. Really? No, yeah. There's so much hype behind the Lions right now. See, that's what I was thinking, too. And same thing with the Bengals. So uh, the commanders were sold for $6.05 billion, and that's what they are. So that's how, what I think they did. Interesting.